Welcome to an I Thought It Smelled Bad on the Outside, a podcast about Star Wars. Now, I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Jones. With me, as always, is Brent Stevenson. Hello, everybody. So we're, uh, we're, we're it's four episodes in to Andor. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably the, well, since we've been recording the show, uh, the longest we've gone, I think, in a stretch where they've been releasing Star Wars stuff, uh, where the general consensus is uh, mostly the same and mostly good. Yes, yes, yes. It has been very, it's very nice to see. Yes. So uh, we're obviously going to be talking about uh, Endor um, uh, episode four. Uh, obviously, spoilers. Um, although we're releasing this a few days later than, uh, it aired. So I'm assuming that pe- most people will have seen it by the time, or if they wanted to see it by the time that they're listening to this. So, yes, uh, so did. let's just jump right into it. What did you think of, uh, episode four? This one is probably my favorite so far, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. Um, cause we are really starting to delve in to um the beginnings of the rebellion and the kind of their first what i'm seeing is kind of like their first major step um Mm -hmm. i have watched this episode twice yeah both times it flew it's almost an hour it's 15 minutes it flew by so fast and i literally had to go check to see if it was a half an hour because that's what it felt like (laughs) it felt Mm -hmm. like a half an hour and at the very end it left me like saying no don't end now (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) let's just keep going please and thank you yeah Um, yeah no lots of new more characters coming in Mm -hmm. uh just yeah i just overall just really enjoyed it it was it's it's getting into the nitty-gritty now yeah i can understand why they screened the first four episodes for uh critics Yep. Because this is the this is where the story really starts. Yes. Um uh, ob- the the first 3 episodes obviously we're are doing some character building and kind of setting up stuff. But you could have started just with episode 4. Um and, and just I agree, yep. And like okay, yeah, here here's the story. Um and you are correct like Things are, are seem to be moving at such a fast pace in this episode, <laughs> which is which is interesting compared to what we had in the last three. The yeah. last three, there was uh, there wasn't a lot of story going on. It mm-hmm. was just really kind of uh, you know building the uh, setting the world and well you know exp- I guess expanding our, our our view of the you know the Star Wars universe and getting to know the characters. Whereas this, they're like, all right, you, you've met people. Now it's full speed ahead um, yes. on story. Yep, absolutely. But not at the sacrifice of characters, though. No. Nope. Um, because we we did get some character development uh, specifically with, oh, I didn't, I didn't have IMDb <laughs> up I, ready. I have, I have it all up right here. Okay. Uh, well, Luth- still- Lutheran? Luthan? Uh, yes. So one of the things that uh, I, you had voiced some concern with um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we watched the, when we saw the trailers, 
uh, was Luthen's um, wig, mm-hmm. and how you know kind of fake it looked. Yep. Uh, and we discovered that's all part of the, you know, it's all part, part of the, the show. It's all part of the act. Yep. And what a uh, great scene that was. That was very cool. Just him watching him setting up the character, getting in character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So the scene we're talking about is. Uh, when he uh, since is arriving uh, after he's dropped off uh, Cassian on uh, Aldani, a- another new planet. Yep. Uh, he's making his way back to Alderaan, and we've he discovered like a secret chamber inside of his starship, where he essentially becomes this regal, um, Coruscant merchant. Uh, mm-hmm. and we, you see him essentially transform his mannerisms into, uh, being, going from that, you know, growly, grumpy, uh, person to someone that's bright and happy and, uh, it was really impressive. It, it was like, very he's, impressive. It, like, like he, obviously he's a good actor anyway, so that's something yeah. that he would do, but once again, they what the show has been really good about is not having to explain things. Yes. Yep. Uh, You you know, I think in a lesser uh, show, one that maybe, you know, wasn't as uh, well-written, there would have been a scene of him explaining to Cassian. (laughs) Give me a second while I get into, yes. Yes. I need to go. (laughs) You see. (laughs) For me to blend in on Coruscant, <laughs> I must disguise myself. <laughs> well, then that's good because it's like he said, he, this was kind of, you know, I don't want to keep harping on it. You know, he said it was kind of for adults. So he's, he's, he's giving us the audience a lot of credit that we mm-hmm. can kind of put that pieces together, which is very cool to see. Uh, and, and then after that, we get our first introduction. Uh, well, I guess a reintroduction of um mon motha mon motha in the show uh coming to buy uh and a trinket for her husband Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and we find out uh, and another incredible scene especially if you like uh you know uh spycraft like like real spycraft not like james bond mission impossible like actual after where they're Talking and talking in code, and, and code. Then they find a way, uh, find a way f- uh, to distract Mon Mothma's driver, so they can go into the back room and have a private conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we discover that Mon Mothma has a new someone new that they want to bring in, um, but there's uh, which they, they don't say a name. No. Um, uh, and then there's this allusion to them needing money. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, we have found out what uh, what uh, Cassian has been recruited for. Um, yeah. And it's a heist. Another heist. <laughs> Very cool. 
uh, you, oh, you say another heist because of, because of Solo, or just no? Uh, because that's oh, essentially what they did in Rogue One was, uh, was a heist. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, how did you feel when you found out? You know what the actual purpose of Cassian being recruited was. Um, I thought that was very bold <laughs> plan mm-hmm. with the, what they were going to do, how they're going to do it with those little people that they have to do it. Um, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm excited for it, for it to pay off. Um, I think we know it's going to go wrong. That's what happens in, in good heist um, stories. Especially, uh, especially ones where we get a scene like we got in this week's episode, which is one of my favorite parts of the heist, of a heist film, or show, is the planning Plan. when they're going through. This is you know this is how the heist is going to work out, <laughs> and you're see, you know and they're they're explaining to you all right this is what should happen, mm-hmm. which is their way of telegraphing. Yeah, we've told you you know what good looks like expect it not to look this way, you know, when the actual heist goes down, which I'm excited yeah. for. Yeah. Just like you said, just like in every movie, when it comes to a heist, it usually doesn't go 100%. They might pull it off, but I'm just curious to see what casualties there will be if um, if they actually do pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like the idea that, uh, so the way that, uh, Cassian, and do you remember what name he came up for himself was? Uh, Clem. Clem, yes, because he's told he can't use his real name, so he so he's told for the duration of the mission he has to go by a different name. He chooses Clem, Clem. and he is sold to this other group who's already been working and preparing on this mission that he's redundancy. Yes, he essentially has the skills of everybody on the team. So he's there in case one person falls. And they've also told, uh, you know, he's been told that if he doesn't, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out or things go wrong, he's also expendable. Exactly. Yes. Very expendable. Um, so we've already, you know, so they've set the stakes, not only for the mission itself, but for uh, Cassian to actually, perf- you know, perform uh the mission and what's interesting is that because at the beginning of the episode he's not re- he doesn't really he's not really interested or or does he seem to care no in fact he, he, he in fact he wants to leave he says he wants to be dropped off and then we uh, and then um oh jeez what luthan <laughs> luthan thank you he gives that speech <laughs> where he's like you know do you want do you want the empire to kill you you know, one little piece at a time, or, you know, would you rather, you know, them do it all at once, but you trying, you doing something that, uh, that's important. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that seems to be the, you know, the turning point that gets him to uh, agree. Yep. But by the end of the, but by the end of the episode, he's all right, I'm in, where do I be, you know, where do I start? Yeah. It's going to be very exciting. I'm all excited. Like I said, like when they went to black right after he's like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's go like, Oh my God. Now I got to wait another week for this. It's killing me. One of you know, one of actually one of my favorite parts of the, 
episode was though? Hmm. Hint, we haven't talked about it yet. Oh. Um, okay, I'm not too sure what it would be. All of the uh, Im- the uh, Imperial Security Imperials. Bureau scenes. Uh, yeah. Just see, <laughs> like, and once again, like, in the movies, all we kind of see is the Imperials being kind of menacing, right? Yeah. Um, seeing just some of the bureaucracy. Right. And how they believe that they're, you know, that they're in the right. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, is, is something that we haven't, we haven't got to see a, a lot of in canon Star Wars. Obviously, they, you know, in the before times in the expanded universe, you know, we got novels and comics and stuff about this. But seeing it on screen, just the imperial bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, was just was just great. Um, I like how he ref- referenced his um, the security bureau as like healthcare. I was to say that yeah. that was probably one of my f- favorite scenes. <laughs> it's this the, the scene where he asks what their their mandate is, and it someone in one of the I guess who's supposed to be I guess is going to be a character we're following. Yeah, Deidre. Um Okay, there you go. Um, she spouts off something about security and whatnot, and he's and the ISB person in charge says, "No, we're like healthcare. We seek out disease and destroy it mm-hmm. and eradicate it." <laughs> um, which is the way that they view essentially anyone that isn't a imperial believer or supporter. Yes. Yep. Um. We also find out, and this is something that I hadn't thought about before, and I don't know why I hadn't, is that the uh, Rebel Alliance isn't the only group of rebels. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, in Cause... Yeah, because Cassian lists off at the beginning, he's like, who are you? Are you Alliance? Are you... Um, Seps. There was a few other names that he had given. Um, right. That's right. He did do that. So, and, and for some reason, and maybe this is just something that stuck with me since I was a kid, and I just assumed that this was the way it was, was that the Rebel Alliance was all the good guys, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what we're learning in the show, that that was just one group of Rebels. Right. Yes, you know, yes. there were all these other uh, pockets that were that were fighting the fight, just maybe in you know in different ways. Mm-hmm. There's so much world building in the show. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, going back and going back and watching uh, all four episodes a second time, um, it, it was just incredible. Once again, like even though the, the, we're you know they're telling a story, you know about characters, some characters that we already know everything about this just feels like it is opening up the world and expanding it. Absolutely. And it was funny. It, um, the few negative comments I have seen about Andor, um, particularly this one guy, YouTuber, he was like, I'm done with star Wars. I'm over it. I'm not done it. And he didn't like Andor because it didn't feel like star Wars. It didn't sound like star Wars. The dialogue didn't have, you know, felt mm-hmm. like star Wars. And I'm, 
And I was like, well, I have to be that narrow-minded. And the first thing that I thought of what this episode did, especially with the uh, the uh, 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 the security bureau, is that we are now in the Star Wars world. It has not completely mm-hmm. opened up to it now. So if yeah. he had waited one more episode, <laughs> you know, yeah. he might have kind of changed his mind, but... And that's yeah. the only really negative one that I've that I've seen or that I've actually watched. Um, and the the one complaint was it didn't feel Star Wars. It didn't the, the dialogue wasn't Star Warsy. And I'm thinking, well, that's Star Wars to me with this uh, series is secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the story is the more important thing in the writing. Uh, and then, like I said, it's set in the Star Wars universe, but Star Wars is not the star of the show. No, it's the it's the backdrop. Yes. Right. And the fact that it doesn't sound like Star Wars, especially episodes, you know, like one through well, sorry, episodes, you know, one through four, because those are the ones that Lucas wrote on his own. Mm -hmm. It's good that it doesn't sound that way, because (laughs) (laughs) Lucas's strength was not writing dialogue. It was not. Nope. Um, you know, he was a, he's a big picture guy, but he's not, he's not nuanced. (laughs) No. And like we've been saying, you know, the last two weeks, if, if this was more like, like Star Wars, there'd be just a lot of exposition and a lot of characters just introducing themselves and explaining what they're doing. Um, and we don't need that. Uh, and I think that, you know, the story is better for it. Um, so it's, yeah, you know, it's a shame that, you know, that people have, uh, have might have given up on it after three episodes because you're absolutely right. Uh, this uh, this very much felt like Star Wars yeah. in this episode. Like it, they firmly interest. Oh yeah, we are in a Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. Um, the one criticism I've seen uh, was uh, I read an article that uh, where the, the author was complaining that. And this is crazy, but follow just it, <laughs> okay. what was that? Uh, he didn't like, or the author didn't like Andor because they were doing the exact same things that Book of Boba Fett was doing. Which, which was his the two main arguments were uh, it was um, very slowly telling a story, so that it was slow and that there wasn't a lot of progression. And once again, this was based off episodes one to three. Three, right. Uh, and the use of flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and, there's quality of the flashback. And like you and I have talked about before, how to properly use flashbacks to f- bring the story along. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... That's not a good comparison. I think if you were just checking off things and you're just saying, okay, in the first three episodes, you know, yeah. Um, does it move a little bit? you know, does the story progress slowly? Yeah. Okay. Sure. There's a comparison there. Are there flashbacks? Yes. But you're absolutely right. The flashbacks are used so much uh, differently mm-hmm. uh, here than they were in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Here they are actually, you know, part of the story. Whereas Book of Boba Fett, the more I've been thinking about it, I've been thinking about it a lot since I read that article. 
um the flashbacks were really the story that Boba, the book of Boba Fett wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you, if you think sure. about it, because what essentially happened in those, in those first four episodes was small little thing happened. So they had an excuse to get Boba back in his back to chamber so they could go back and, and, and do another flashback. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, it, so in that case, the story wasn't moving slowly in Book of Boba Fett. And I know we're supposed to be talking about Andor, but what it was is that this, the, we just, they, you know, it was positioned wrong. The real story were the, was the flashbacks and the, the stuff in the future was just the, the framing device to tell the story until we got to like the right. very end. Exactly. Um, you know, the, it, so I wouldn't necessarily, obviously they are flashbacks because it is going back in time. But it's not it's not the same. When flashbacks are used well, you know, it's usually to yeah. explain something that's happening in the future or to show a parallel to something that's happening in the in the future. Yeah. And that's what they're doing in the show. Exactly. Uh, and the the like I said, the fact that it's slow, it's great. You know, it, it's yeah, yep. The the first three episodes, sure. Once again, we mentioned this like. 20 minutes ago the story doesn't doesn't move there isn't much story at all in the first three episodes but that's okay because there was so much else going on mm-hmm. that it didn't matter nope. it was entertaining yeah because we hadn't reached the story part yet <laughs> mm-hmm. like like we said it was all about introducing characters and setting it setting up the story now the story is going to happen yeah and i think we have been so accustomed to well, like the other Star Wars shows that that, that we've had. Yeah. Like at this point, especially in, with the last two shows we've had, we're already past the halfway point. You know, like if you think of like <laughs> Obi Wan and Book of Boba Fett, by Episode Four, you were already halfway through the series. Yeah. So, so you we've probably become accustomed to no, we need the story to be you know to be. Um, advancing along uh, further and faster. Very true. Um, but we still have like <laughs> eight episodes to go. I know. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Was there anything you didn't like in the episode? Uh, quite honestly, I couldn't think of anything I didn't like. Um, uh, I was just... I was just so right into right into the episode. I think if there was something bad, it must have went right over my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was just into trying to, you know, who are these new characters? What's the plan? That's the plan. And then especially when it was shifted to Mon Mothma and then um, even more so when it came to her husband and what was happening uh, with him and the dinner and everything, that was, that just another layer <laughs> to the story. <laughs> That totally intrigued me. So I was the one thing, but the in the episode that I didn't like was her husband. But that was intentional. I don't think we're you yes. know, obviously yeah. we're not we're we're meant to not like him because he is horrible. Um, <laughs> but and once again, this is something else that we don't we haven't seen before in Star Wars. You know, like like just like domestic <laughs> you know squabbles. Um, here's someone that you know that we know is fighting that person being mon mothma that is 
trying to fight against the uh, the empire and is you know trying to build this underground rebellion and her husband is like it, it, it is like the representation of everything she's fighting against ah <laughs> uh, yes this is funny someone actually made a joke about they're going to see uh, fi- uh, uh first time star wars divorce uh, I, you mean like I, I'm like in the total recall vein? Oh, not like that, no. Oh. But just just like in general, like because of what he's doing, you know, she's what he's doing to her, they'll just end up in divorce because just because. Oh, of you see, I I, just, I I think he's just gonna die. <laughs> well, that's why very I'm well he's be, gonna. Yeah, uh, nope. that, that's totally. why I'm thinking he's. You know, he's going to get the uh, Sharon Stone in the original Total Recall treatment. <laughs> and he have, they have to say that line if that happens to Or they can't do it. <laughs> that would be so, that, would, that would be so out of place, but I would appreciate it. <laughs> yep, me too. But they, they would have to come up with a different name for it. You know, just, oh, just yes, like yes, how, yes. you know... You know, just like how in the Star Wars universe, we can't, you know, coffee is is calf and washrooms are refreshers. They would have to have, you know, some Star Wars term for divorce. A divvy. How about, I want a divvy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's to be copyrighted soon, too. Uh, if, so anything else about episode four? Uh, so there's also, we've now seen the consequences of the actions of the um, security guards. Oh, yeah, on, that's right. Uh, on Farrick. So now we've seen the, the, the consequences for that. And he's gone to his mother. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So essentially the, the uh, empire has taken over. They've shut the um, security bureau down. They've now said that they're in charge. And yeah, he's gone to see his mom mm-hmm. which is very interesting it's again we're gonna apparently there i was reading a little bit about that there's a whole complex story with uh relationship between him and his mother apparently that she's okay. very prominent um in in his story anyway from what i read i and it's funny because when when she was introduced it was she was introduced in a way like we should have known her like we would have met her already yeah 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 i got that feeling too <laughs> like it was just done in a way of like oh my god look who look who his mother is you know look who's related so i wonder if there was you know like maybe like a scene that was supposed to be in this episode that we're going to get later on that's going to sh- oh, you know maybe show who it is or maybe it, once again they're just like oh it's you know, it's the fact that it's his mother and he's got to go to, you know, sulk back to somebody. And she's very angry, but she's still loving. Uh, <laughs> yes. So that will be interesting to see how uh, that plays out. Yeah. So anything, uh, anything else about the, uh, um, no, it just, again, just a really good setup to the next episode. They left it on the perfect high note, uh, make you wanting mm-hmm. more. Um, and just again, more layers to the story of Mon Mothma, the security mm-hmm. guard. Um, I just can't wait to see how this all plays out. 
Yeah, me too. So good. Uh, yeah, I'm. Th- this has just been uh, a treat. It has been a treat. I totally. Yeah. That's a good word for it. It's a treat. Yeah. So in the last couple of weeks, we've had a, a, a couple other Star Wars stories that we haven't talked about. So we got a little bit of time. Uh, first one happened two weeks ago that uh, when I put it in the group chat, you got, or in our chat, you got, uh, well, your reaction was, made me chuckle. Uh, and, nope. uh, so this would have been, uh, it's I'm actually two weeks ago now, um, that Disney had removed Rogue Squadron from the release schedule altogether, wiped it off oh, the slate. That's right. Um, so what's interesting is, so this movie was supposed to come out next December, December, 2023. Um, what's interesting is, so it wasn't like it got pushed back, you know, they didn't do it. It's just now gone. Gone. Yeah. Which pretty much means that the, the movie is dead. Yep. That's what I take from it as well, too. And so once again, proving that they just don't know what to do about movies. I really don't think they even want to make movies. I'm going to be very honest. I'm getting the feeling they don't want to make movies. For whatever reason, they seem to be completely hands off of movies and are just concentrating on TV. I don't even think they want to make movies. That's what I'm getting. My impression is. Do you think it's because of the cost? Um, let's see, a greedy corporation, uh, maybe. Um, but they could put a. How, what does Han Solo do? And and that still wasn't you know really received as a good movie. It still did a lot of money. Well, it did three three fifty four hundred million something like yeah. that. I mean, it's me not see. like. Yeah, I can't. It might have been something around that. I know it was a disappointment, but even usually disappointments for Star Wars is still pretty good. Well, that's because it was a disappointment in comparison because at that point, every every modern you know Disney Star Wars movie had broken like the billion dollar uh, uh, point. Um. Okay, yeah. So the worldwide gross was uh, four hundred million, just shy of four hundred million. That's still not bad for a movie that wasn't received well. It still did pretty good. Yeah, I I think so. I I, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe they are afraid to spend the money for it. But usually, when it comes to Star Wars, you know. They usually make their money back and then a little bit. I, again, you know, um, what I'm also seeing too is that kind of the toy line is just kind of getting a little bit repetitive. You know, they didn't release any toys really for Rise of Skywalker. Um, mm-hmm. They just kind of threw out a bunch of, uh, you know, old new figures again. Um, and even still now, they're just can, you know, kind of sticking with the Black Series uh, figures because a bunch of indoor figures just came out like i'm Mm -hmm. just i'm just wondering if they're just you know maybe they don't want to spend the money on the movie because then that means that they gotta spend the money on the the toys as well too and maybe they don't want to do that either 
they just kind of want to put out a little limited amount of stuff uh, just to kind of keep their controls at bay. I, I, I don't know. Because um, I think the next movie that's that I keep hearing as they don't know what movie, uh, but this next movie slated supposed to be December 2025, and everyone's assuming that's Taika Waititi's movie, but that hasn't mm-hmm. been officially announced. So I don't even have faith that's going to stick. I, I don't. I don't think so either. And and I go back to the f- fact that. Uh, um, the lukewarm reception that uh, Thor: Love and Thunder's had. Yeah, that could have um, totally did it too. Yep. You know, I think that um, you know, it, it sounds like he was given um, a lot of reign to do what he wanted, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think a uh, a lot of people are not happy with what he did. Um. Yep. You know, and it's very easy for Disney to say, no, we're not going to, no, we'll just, you know, we'll, let's just put a pause on that. Uh, unless they're trying to come up with an, a trilogy set again and just waiting for that to be done. Because mm-hmm. um, I know they mentioned, or someone did, that they were going to do another series after Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're just waiting for that to get an order or they're just going to wait till uh, Ryan Johnson's ready to make his movies. Um, but again, I just, I really don't think they want to do movies. I think they're just, they, like you said, they might just be afraid to spend that kind of money. Uh, I don't think that they, the other thing is, I don't think they have, they can figure out something that's worthwhile of, of being, um, a movie. Yep. Right. Like. I know you said you, you you've said that Star Wars belongs on the big screen and that's where you want to see it. But you look at some of like some of these stories. Like I think Andor is, is a good example. While it would be interesting to see on a big screen, mm-hmm. the story does, does it wouldn't make sense as a, as a two hour movie. Oh no, absolutely not. Right, it's too much too much of a story to tell. Um, you know, so. so you're going to want, you want something that's going to be, you know, big in, you know, uh, that's going to have spectacle, that's going to have, you know, some big action sequences, mm-hmm. that's going to have stakes. Um, and how do you do, you know, you know, so far, like they keep going, like they keep going back to the, it's the emperor. He's created a, a yeah. super weapon. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. You know, we we have had in four of the nine Star Wars movies, we have had, uh, you know, planet killers. Yep. Right? Yes, we have. Um, you know, they need to come up with something different. And I think that and I think to do that, you yeah, you probably need to have a trilogy. So mm-hmm. you can, so you can build out the story, right? Yep. No. Um, and hopefully they would go. Hopefully they would do the same kind of. They don't necessarily need to be the same director for all three, but they need at least to have a cohesive story by the same writer for the for the three movies, the trilogy. Or, or, or a plan. 
this, you know, yeah, this is what, plan. you know, these, like, you know, these are the specific beats that we want to hit. We know, like, you know, yeah. we know, you know, we know where we want the story to start. We know what the ending is, you know, you know, we know what the, you know, what the villain's game plan is or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's important. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, stay that way in, in its entirety. I, you know, I've heard lots of stories about Kevin Feige and uh, where, you know, they had plans for, for movies as they were planning them out. And then as the story progressed, they realized, Oh, there's, there's a better way to do this. So there's something, you know, there's something that makes more sense. So they, they were not, mm-hmm. you know, completely beholden to it, but they still knew what, what they were working towards. Exactly. Right. It's just, as they were working towards that, that story goal, they realized, Oh, you know what? Now that we've got here. There's, there's something more interesting that we can do. Yeah. Whereas with this trilogy, you know, with the uh, sequel trilogy, they were just like, all right, let's just throw stuff against the wall and see what happens. And (laughs) nothing stuck so far. Uh, No. So another piece of, which I think actually is probably the most interesting uh, piece of news that came out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, is that James Earl Jones is retired from oh, being yes. Darth Vader? Yeah, but he has signed over the rights for Lucasfilm to use an AI uh, version of his voice. Mm-hmm. That's very nice of him. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> because uh, uh, yeah, so I had like I had posted uh, there was a two stories you had posted uh, posted the one that I. Uh, the first one that had me worried. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the, it was a uh, something that he had posted. He had said, uh, you know, or that essentially he had retired from voicing Darth Vader. And I was concerned that what we were going to get was, well, like what we had in uh, Empire Strikes Back special edition. Someone oh, yes. trying to do James Earl Jones that just <laughs> was not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, you could obviously tell that it was, you know, someone trying to do it. Someone's friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's very uh, cool. So, uh, I saw a couple people concerned that, oh, how's it going to sound because they're using AI or whatever. And I don't know if you realize this, but we've already heard this uh, technology. Yes. In use. Yes, we have. Yeah, they've been using. Uh, they used it um, with uh, with Luke in uh, the Mandalorian in Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Well, did they not use the Darth Vader in the um, the Obi Wan show? I thought they did the AI Darth Vader in that one too. Oh, did they? I, I yeah yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe I didn't look into it that deeply just because it, since it said James Earl Jones was in it, I assumed that he actually recorded some lines. Oh, he, he might've done it too, but I'm pretty sure they used the AI too as well uh, okay. for Darth Vader. Yeah. Pretty sure. But it works. Like, like I said, they used it in um, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett for, for Luke. Yep. Um, because, Mark Hamill's voice has gotten much 
older. Older. <laughs> it's like you know, like it's yeah. uh, it's it's got some gravel to it. Um, mm-hmm. it, it. You know, he's got this weariness to his voice that he didn't have when he was younger. He's yep. got an you know you know like he had the, you know the kind of that youthful energy, um, <laughs> and it didn't seem out of place at all. No, it it, it felt it sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. It did. It really did. Uh, so, on a, on a similar note, and this isn't Star Wars related, but it's just related to the story. I don't know if you saw this, but about Bruce Willis. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that too. <laughs> so, for those that, listen that don't know, so earlier this year, Bruce Willis retired from acting. Uh, and we found out that I guess he's had, uh, for the last few years, he's had some, um, some medical issues, mm-hmm. um, that have affected his, his ability to, to, to read and memorize. And a lot of people had assumed that for the last few years, he was just being a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, cause in, in the the last in the, in the later years of his career, he had people had said he didn't want to you know he didn't want to learn lines and you know part of his contract was that th- you know things had to be done you know in a, in a day or you know like he had to shoot all his scenes whenever and and we we found out that it was just because of this medical condition so he he's retired but he is the first actor that has signed over <laughs> the digital rights to his uh, his appearance. That's There's incredible. Likeness. So people, so people can reproduce him, uh, use his voice. It's just crazy, you know. We we obviously saw it in, uh, well, I guess we we saw it in in Rogue One with um, uh, Tarkin. Oh right, yep. Um. We've seen it with uh, Leia, you know, in mm-hmm. both cases, you know, in both times we've seen it, it was a, a younger version of, of Carrie Fisher. Um, but this is the first time that like someone that's still alive, you know, could appear in a movie. Let's make another Die Hard movie when he's younger again. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that now I think it's like, like you got to wonder about like all these people that have thought, oh, you know, like I would love Bruce Willis to be in this movie, but he's such a pain yeah. in the ass, and it, you know, and like he doesn't put any effort in. Now, like you can like have Bruce Willis in your movie and get like a great performance out of him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which means who knows? Maybe maybe he'll show up in a <laughs> he'll, in a Star Wars show now. Can he win an Oscar if he says if he does a good job? <laughs> can you imagine that? Oh my god! Uh, and the Oscar goes to uh, the AI programmer of Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, to make up a new category. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of programming, um, we got a, a bit of a note about uh, Star Wars games. Oh, uh, yes. Lately, we we have been complaining that um, well, that there's really nothing on the horizon as far as well, sorry, there's nothing coming out. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're pretty- told that you know f- down the road there's there's stuff, but we really haven't seen much of it. 
Um, but a new report is indicating that um, Disney does hope that they can be releasing a Star Wars game every six months. Uh, you know, the first I when I first saw that, I figured that's not true. There, there's no way it's they were having they've had so many problems and put out so little games and it really mm-hmm. didn't seem like they were interested. I really thought that report was false. I really mm-hmm. did until yeah. I did a little more investigating and that seemed to be true. I'm like, wow, what a, what a, what a 180 they've done on uh, games. Although, although I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that we, nothing's happened yet, but just at least their attitude about it has done a complete 180. True. You know, I think the biggest mistake that they made, they being Lucas, Disney, whatever, was the exclusive deal they made with EA. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, because prior to that, we were always getting Star... Like, there was always Star Wars games. Yep. Even, you know, even in those lull periods where there was nothing on TV, like, you know, there was no clone wars or nothing in the theaters. They were still usually like in a, every year or two, there would be some star Wars game yep. on the, you know, mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. And okay. So we had in the last three years, how many star Wars games that we had? One, uh, squad uh, was a squadrons. Mm-hmm. This one because I came out two years ago, and yep. then uh, Jedi um, Jedi Jedi Order. Oh, no, what's the, the with Cal um, Jedi Fallen Order? Jedi Fallen Order. That's it. But that came out prior. Well, was that older than two years? Yeah. Oh. So I would say we've had the one. Yeah. And if we wanted to be really nitpicky, I think squadrons came out in September two years ago. So uh, like they, that might be like the past two year point or whatever, but it's yeah. been squadrons and Lego star Wars, Lego star Wars, the right. complete saga. Yep. That's it. Hmm. Bare minimum. I know. Bare minimum. And and the only Star Wars game, other game we were supposed to get this year was a remake. That's right. Now that being said, a remake of you know a beloved game that you know there's a whole generation that hasn't been able that hasn't had a chance to play it. Um, I would be, you know be interested in seeing what they do to you know to modernize it. Yep. Um, but still, no new content. But that being said, yeah. So. You had shared a list of the Star Wars games that are in development. Uh, so there is a uh, Amy Henning's uh, game, which uh, Amy Henning is the person that was responsible for the Uncharted games. Games, right? That's um, right. Who had who had a Star Wars game in development that got canceled by EA? Oh, <laughs> of course. And because this this was at the time, and, and there is like a five, ten second um, clip of the game that they were working on um, on the internet. And essentially, you could see like a smuggler type sitting in a doorway. And 
mm. he walks out into uh, a city street, kind of looks like Tatooine. Oh, and then the right, camera right, pans right. up, and, and you're seeing, you know, Tie Fighters, uh, Star Destroyer, and, and a, yeah, and a Star Destroyer, Destroyer yes, yes, off yes. the distance. Yeah. yeah. So that that was her game, but that was canceled when EA said that no one wanted to play uh, single player games. <laughs> oh, they're geniuses. Uh, yeah. So, um, Respawn Entertainment, which is the uh, company that made uh, F- Jedi Fallen Order, has an untitled uh, first-person shooter. We have uh, Ubisoft Massive, who made uh, the Division and Division Two, have an open-world game. Um, we have Star Wars Eclipse, which we saw a trailer for last year, which yep. is the game that takes place during the Old Republic. Um, we have the Knights of the Old Republic remake, yep. which has been passed on to another studio now, so it is yes. not dead. Um, we have uh, Jedi Survivor, which is the Fallen Order sequel from Respawn. We have Star Wars Hunters, which is a mobile game uh, from Zynga that was supposed to come out this year that has been delayed. Uh, and then we've got a untitled strategy game from Respawn Entertainment. So it'll be interesting what game comes out for, well, I'm assuming Jedi Survivor will probably come out first mm-hmm. and then see how, and, but it's just funny how they, how they say that's going to happen once a year. Like, you know, the, uh, the open world game, I think that was, oh no, it was the clips. It was like still like two, three years away from that game. Correct. Yeah. So it'd be kind of see when all this is going to start this, you know, year game, game a year. So the, the only thing I will say, and this is where I'll, I'll provide a glimmer of hope, was that uh, Jedi Fallen Order was properly announced and released in the same year. So it was, they did a, like, there was rumors that, that uh, Respawn was working on an adventure game. Um, so we knew it was, a game was in development, but they didn't do a proper reveal for the game until like the summer. And then it came out in the fall. Out fall. It was pretty quick. I remember that. So it is quite possible that even though like, you know, we know very little about these other games in development, that maybe that might be the case. Hopefully that where be they're just cool. going to hopefully that be you know, nice. announce the game and you know announce the game and it and it's it's going to be coming out in five or six months and that would be the way that they'd be able to keep up this yeah because if if it's going to be like what we've seen with Jedi Survivor or Knights of the Old Republic where they announce it and they're like yeah it'll be out in four or five years relax <laughs> yeah there's no way they're going to be able to. To be releasing games, yeah, totally. Yeah, but again, I'm I'm looking forward to the new attitude towards the games. So let's, I'm happy they're they're going to be focusing on that too. Uh, yeah, Uh, yeah, especially especially if they're they're not doing movies. Yes. Oh, right. I was gonna I was gonna say something about that earlier <laughs> about you know they they're kind of worried about games and not movies now. I'm like, oh, but that could be it. Put up more, yeah. Like, give us just give us more Star Wars content. 
you know, excuse me, um, for the most part, you know, like we just got the, um, the, the princess and the scoundrel novel, yep. which, uh, takes place during, you know, I guess just after return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the majority of the books are focused on the high Republic right now. Yes. Yep. You know, so it would be nice to be seeing more stuff that's taking place in other aspects of the Star Wars universe. Like, like sure. right now, like there's, if you think, you know, with what's going on in, with the TV shows, there's so much that is taking place in, in that post-Jedi, pre-Force Awakens era. Like, I would love to see some games. And I got to be like, you, you've got to believe that one of the, you know, that one of the games that's being worked on is a Mandalorian game. Well, it would be silly not to do that. Cash in on that. I, I just hope that it's not the the first person shooter. No, I would, I would hopefully a game like that would be a lot, would be story driven and not like a, a shooter game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, dare, dare I say more like, um, more like Knights of the Old Republic where you can choose what to say and that sort of thing. Just to be a little mm-hmm. bit more into the game. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think with that, we'll wrap it up for the evening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show. Uh, and you want to leave us a review, you can uh, head over to whatever podcast service you use. And if there's an option there to leave a review or leave a rating, please do so. If you want to leave us a message, you can go to anchor.fm slash smells bad outside podcast. And on a mobile device, you can click a little button and record a message during the week. Where can people find you, Brent? You can find me at on Twitter at Homer J 13. And you can find me on Twitter. I am at the pie whisperer. And with that, I think it's time to say goodnight, Brent. Good night, Brent.